need to get rid of that. Where do I get rid of that from? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cherick Show. Yes, after a week off, we're experimenting with a few new graphics and designs, and like the buttons are all messed up all over the place. But I do know one man who I can blame for all my troubles in life and all around the world. Welcome to the Jerick Show. Welcome to the Jerick Show, featuring your hosts Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics, poorly presented. Come to Streamyard, you said. It will be easy. Even a <laughs> even a shaved monkey could do the job. Now, now I'm pretty sure you're the one that came up with Streamyard because I was pushing for OBS, but no, you had to Streamyard. Here we are. That's okay. I do like the new graphics, um, even though if it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. Yeah, I, I mean, like, these are cutting-edge graphics if you are in 1982. Hey, it's better than what we had, right? <laughs> it, it, is it? Is it? Well, you know? Okay. Anyways, how are we doing, Javad? How are you? It's it's. We took a week off. Things have been a little crazy on my side, but how about you? Oh, things have been fantastic. I cannot um, rub it in your face enough as to how good my life is compared to yours. You tell me about you. You know, I I was all ready to rub it in your face as I was down in the Caribbean, Mexico Caribbean, down in in Honduras. Um, on our cruise, I was all excited about being able to to do another video clip uh, to replace this one. I just really don't care. Right, going to up the quality a little bit. And what happens? Well, two days before we're ready to get on the cruise ship, um, we have to take a COVID test. And one of my party, one of my kids, showed positive. And unfortunately, if anyone in your party comes up positive for COVID within 10 days, it's done for everybody. And so we had to scramble and do all that. I guess that's kind of a, a continuation of my travel curse. Lovely music. It is indeed. I mean, honestly, it just sounds very much like a you problem. So I'm just playing the music to save our viewers the, but the... you've You've felt the feel of my travel curse before as well, though. I have, I have. Your travel curse is real. Anybody, if Eric ever offers you a lift, ever the ride, offers a ride share, ask what flight you're on so he can book the same one. Always say no. The answer is no. There is no other answer but no. Yeah, absolutely. It is what it is, you know. So uh, whatever, whatever. Here we are. So this week, let's talk about. Check this out. Stories of the week. Ooh, really fancy. Yeah, now you can't get rid of that. That See if you cool. figure that one out. <laughs> okay, so stories of the week. We start off with a fake copyright infringement email uh, that installs the Lockbit ransomware. So is there no end? So actually, I was reading this and I remember like a friend of mine a few years ago, he started a blog on my say so. I said, Oh, blog is really good. You should do them. Um, they, you know, increase your, your learning and knowledge and networking and all that kind of stuff. So he started a blog. It was a WordPress blog, simple blocking. And as you do, you you sort of like insert some graphics or some memes or what have you in your blog to make it interesting. And one of the pictures he used was apparently 
copyright and some law firm got in touch with him saying we've been instructed by the, the owner that you now owe him $250. And uh, it was backwards and forwards and everything. And then in the end, he was like, the hassle's not worth it. So he just paid the 250 and then he shut down his website and he blamed me for it. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, so copyright is one of those things that um, is scary. And, and I understand why they use that here, because it, it basically goes across borders. Copyright infringement is an emotional thing. We've heard about it from music. We've heard about it from things like that. Um, and unfortunately, there are huge fines that are associated with that. So somebody gets hit with a copyright violation or a notice of that. It can be a very scary thing. Uh, and so... This, again, uses the emotions to get somebody to take an action that they wouldn't normally do. In this case, ending up installing this ransomware. Again, we see this kind of stuff happen. So um, I see why this works. I can understand it. Um, if if I was involved in a copyright thing, that, that would scare me. And it can get very expensive, even if you win. It can. It can. And that's what they're playing on. It's, it's that fear of losing money and what have you. Anyway, uh, you're familiar with this story, aren't you, Eric? Yeah, yeah. So um, last week, a little bit before the 4th of July week, uh, an organization uh, that runs a lot of the unemployment and uh, labor registration websites across the U.S. was hit with, uh, we believe, ransomware. Um, no big surprise there. Uh, it's... We, we talk about ransomware all the time. Now, the funny thing, not funny, haha, but the interesting thing about this is I used to be the security lead for this organization. Ha -ha! Um, and I actually know the people that are involved in this at this point. And I've talked to them a little bit. You know, they're it, it's not been easy on them. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, you know, I worked there before I came to work at uh, uh, at. Um, no before that was about six years ago now so it was a while back and they've done huge improvements in security they deal with a lot of stuff and it just kind of goes to show how anybody can get hit with this stuff it really can they they i know the people that are running this stuff and they're good people they're smart people uh, unfortunately very likely somebody did something wrong and lo and behold it spread throughout things um so if you've ever been involved in one of these attacks or been on the other side of it, um, it was very stressful for them. Uh, their main website for Geographic Solutions is actually still down today, but I know they're bringing up different states and stuff uh, over time um, as quickly as they possibly can to get ahead of this. But, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for these folks. I feel bad for anyone that's dealing with a ransomware attack. Javad, do you know anyone that's dealt with ransomware attacks? I do, yeah, but they, they were, they weren't. I'm trying to find the right word to to say, they didn't get their feelings hurt as much as your friends did. They just like, you know, took it on the chin, restored from backup, and they were up and running within 48 hours. Yeah. So, well, I'll know, say one. We're a bit more resilient here, and they they were home in time for tea. One real nice thing about this was um, they did stop data exfiltration. 
So that's that's a plus, which is something we don't see happen very often, right? Especially when we're looking at something like unemployment insurance, which over here in the U.S., that involves giving people all kinds of PII, your social security numbers, uh, bank account information because they're depositing straight into accounts, things like that are all there. And apparently they stopped any PII from moving out, which is honestly a, a job well done on that. Now it's just a matter of putting the pieces back together and getting it all running again. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I know you're a PR person because of the beautiful way you said that I used to be the lead security there, but they've made some great improvements since I left. They're fantastic people. They're great people. And you, you're just distancing any of your work from theirs. Like, look, they made some great improvements. It's, it look, wasn't my handiwork that allowed the criminals to get in. I'm not going to lie. When I got there, it was a hot mess, completely flat network. <laughs> like everyone had admin rights. Um, but to their credit, um, they were working very hard to fix all of that stuff. And that's that's why I'm giving them credit for, man. It was a train wreck when I got there. It's one of the things that I use in my career as a, a let's not do this or ever be involved in this level of bad again. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. But, hey. but would you say they were like, on, on your experience, would you say they're above average? I'd say now they are. Yeah. What, now that I, they've been hit by ransomware and the systems well, are offline. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say in the last couple of years, they've, they've become above average, which honestly, like I said, the, the fact that no data was exfiltrated, um, if that's true, if that's proven to be true, that's something that we don't read about very often. So I got to give them, I got to give them credit for that, man. All right. Well, Okay, you can give credit to your friends and your old <laughs> mess. Oh, speaking yeah, of, speaking of cruises. <laughs> speaking of cruises and uh, companies you may have nearly worked for. <clears throat> yeah, um, actually, I, that's a good point because I, I did. I interviewed with them a while back uh, when we were looking to move out to Florida. I, I interviewed with them. I interviewed with a uh, like a deli meat organization that's based out of Sarasota and and this was based out of Miami. Um, and I did, in fact, uh, interview for a security position, decided to to go with ISC squared instead. Um, but yeah, $5 million fine. Now, here's the thing. If you remember, and we've covered it on here before, Carnival has had a number of breaches <laughs> over the last few years. Um, it's been a repeat customer of breaches over the last couple of years. And this time they, they got smacked around a little bit to the tune of $5 million. Yeah. Four events. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but they never implemented MFA and you and I both know MFA stops 99% of all cyber attacks, right? <laughs> yeah. Our colleague Roger Grime just twitched. He has no idea why, but he developed a twitch. Um, it's one of those things that he hates hearing and we hate hearing too, because we know it doesn't stop all that much. Um, but ultimately they didn't deploy these things that are essentially these, these days kind of a requirement. It's the, the due diligence thing anymore. And so the fact that they didn't deploy it didn't look good and cost them five mil. That's the thing. A lot of these things are low hanging fruit and, you know, if, if you're on any, you know, barring some legacy, legacy systems that you, you struggle with, anything on the cloud, anything in the last 10 years, it's a pretty simple integration or even built-in feature to enable MFA. So, you know, do that, you reduce the attack surface. 
user awareness training i mean a lot of times it, they don't even ask how good it is they're just saying like tell people something you know a powerpoint slide that's it once a year just let people know that something's out if you're not even doing that then you know yeah you, you deserve to to be hit by uh fines and speaking of fines there was another supermarket chain called Wegmans when I first read this story I went through the whole story uh reading it as Walgreens for some reason I, I <laughs> But Fair they enough. settled with New York over data breach, and uh, they agreed to pay $400,000 and upgrade its security practice that, uh, because of breach that exposed more than 3 million customers nationwide. And that was a mm. surprise, surprise, misconfigured public-facing AWS. Um, oh, oh, no, sorry, a, uh, Azure cloud. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've talked. Yeah, we've talked so many times about how like the term S3 bucket is almost synonymous with like data breach these days. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so much misconfiguration and leaving things open out there. Wow. I know. I, I love the closing statement. While we do not agree with some of the conclusions drawn by the Attorney General, we cooperated fully and we have, we are glad it has been concluded. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't think that unsecured bucket was a problem, um, no. but, you know, we're fixing it. Uh, yeah, uh, over and over again. What is it? it? It's like, I don't know. I don't know about you, Javad, but anymore, I'm kind of like, all of my information is out there. It's done. Got nothing. Who cares? Um, but it seems like people more and more and more keep getting hit. I don't know if you saw... There's a recent one about Marriott, too, again. Now, this was an, yeah. a single place as opposed to Marriott, Marriott, like when they uh, merge yeah. with SPG. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, that's some pretty sensitive information, especially where it was. It was in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of people that do government work that are in Baltimore. And it's amazing the information you can find out if you start looking at trends like, oh, look, these two people stayed in the same hotel at the same times over and over again. I wonder if they're doing government-y stuff or mm. whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's there's information you can get out of metadata as well. So, yep, there we go. Here's another. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there again, another sort of repeat customer. I think one of their bigger breaches came when they acquired, uh, what is it, Starwood Hotels? Or yeah, it was SPG. Yeah, the Starwood merger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, they they've been lax. Yeah. So, um, oh, stop saying we take your privacy and security seriously. <laughs> Is that a quote from you or me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Now, now, fortunately, this was like a, a single hotel. Yeah, um, which is better than the whole freaking system. But still, you know, it, yeah. it still gets frustrating to see this over and over again. So the next story I want to talk about is a bit of a sad story because we rejoiced it when it came out. But now Microsoft rolls back decision to block Office macros by default. Why? Microsoft, I no longer feel respected in this relationship we have. <laughs> I thought you were doing the right thing. And this is how you, you go about it. Uh, I mean, they announced that they would block VBA macros and download documents. 
And they, on Thursday, said it will roll back its change based on feedback until further notice. Why? Why do you think that could be the case? Did it I'm break guessing... some uh, major banks? Yeah, I'm guessing some some major organizations out there are still using the worst practices ever, which is throwing macros and stuff around in very old um, Word documents or, or you know Excel documents and things like that, and that this change broke that. Now, you would think, though, that for a lot of organizations, if they turn it off by default, that leads me to believe that you can turn it back on. And generally speaking, in situations like this, that's pretty easy to do in mass throughout organizations, through Active Directory, through other sorts of ways to be able to flip that flag in a registry or whatever through the, the office suite. That It kind of makes me sad that by default, <laughs> um, they're going to have it on again. That's just yeah. bad. Microsoft, if you want to know how it should be done, then Apple announced their lockdown mode this week, uh, which... It's a new feature for um, at-risk individuals, like you're a journalist or a dissident in a corrupted regime, speaking out or, or what have you. And uh, you know the NSO or you know Pegasus spyware, something like that, tries to target yeah. you. In my mind, when I read this, here's how I thought: I thought it would be you'd be running down down the road, out of, you know, off, out, jumped out of a fire escape down the alleyway. You're being chased by some you know, no good agents, you pull out your phone, Siri, activate lockdown mode. And all of a sudden, all the Iron Man sound effects would kick in. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And like, you know, lockdown mode initiated. And basically what it does is it still functions as a phone, but it sandboxes everything. It, you, you can't really run uh, things like macros. You you know, if you have a link through WhatsApp, it won't let you click it and run it and download it. So it basically protects you and and uh, blocks most message attachment types and disables link previews as well. So um, I think this is fantastic. And and what's mm -hmm. really interesting about this is that it's uh, it's sort of a fringe case today, but I think. In the near future, it'll be like, hey, all businesses, for all business users, we want this enabled. And eventually we'll see more of these features trickling down because, you know, a lot of these things you don't need enabled by default. And you're not going to break many things. There's going to be some people who's going to be like, no, I need this. I need to whatever. And they can enable it manually. But for the most case, I think this is great. This is really good stuff. This is what it should have been a long time ago. I agree. I would love to hear more. Uh, from people that are that are listening live right now, you can pop it in the comments. But no, I agree, and and I think it's interesting because, you know, I, I did a talk for a group of journalists not too long ago. Um, it was one of the summits, and it's a real problem for journalists. It's things that worry them, things that concern them, because of the targeting of things like Pegasus. Um, they've they've really focused on journalists and and the information that comes across there because they're dealing with sources, they're dealing with stuff that's sensitive to these governments, and it's a real problem. Like they really are being targeted. As a matter of fact, Amnesty International has a program where these journalists can send them their devices, and Amnesty International will look for and remove things like Pegasus. 
I mean, it's become that big a deal that Amnesty International has a program to do that. Who knew, right? Um, so this is kind of a cool thing to see. I, and I, I just hate that I'm starting to become kind of an Apple fanboy. You know, you know, I've always been a PC guy. I've always harassed you about, you know, about this. But yeah, I, I don't know. They they do seem to be taking security pretty seriously. They are. They are. Well, the last story, and this is a bit of a happier story. I actually done a TikTok video on this a few days ago. Cheap plug for my TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at J4BB4D. And uh, a Dutch university in 2019 suffered a ransomware attack. So they paid 200,000 euros. Authorities carried on investigating and they managed to recover about a fifth of the money that was held in a Ukrainian money launderer's wallet. So they recovered it. But due to the rising price of Bitcoin, even though it was only a fifth of what they paid, it was now valued at half a million euros. Yeah. So netting them a profit of 300,000 euros. Yeah. That, that's pretty awesome. They made like 150% or something like that um, yeah. profit on that, which I think is just awesome. Um, now, Bitcoin, it, it kills me watching the numbers on Bitcoin. Um, you, you can imagine at one point in time how much they would have made had they been able to do that. Um, I have a little ticker in our living room, actually, that kind of scrolls weather and stuff like that. And it does the Bitcoin price. You know, I remember when it hit 60,000 and then all of a sudden I, I look up the other day and it's it's like it. Oh, gosh, what was that? Like 19 or something like that. And I was just like, whoa. Um, but can you imagine how much that would have been worth when they were at 60, uh, 60 K per Bitcoin? But it is kind of ironic that they ended up making the money. And I understand they're they're giving it away to some charities or they're using it for charity work. Is that correct? I don't know. Maybe. I think it's but in the story. Also, the university also said that the 300000 doesn't even cover all the, the costs that they incurred from it. I'm sure that's something that their accountants are just saying for tax purposes because they probably wrote off a whole bunch of stuff at that well, time. You know, it, it it's kind of like, okay, you look at the city of Atlanta when it got hit with the ransomware, right? It was a $50,000 ransom and they ended up spending like $18 million. But it's not like they spent $18 million to be where they were at the beginning, okay? They got all new stuff, right? They got better infrastructure. There were improvements and upgrades and all that stuff that were done. It's not like they're right where they were before, they spent that money. So when they when they say, oh, it doesn't cover the cost of recovery, a lot of times I think upgrades happen during that recovery piece, improvements, things like that. So exactly. um, I'm hesitant to, to feel sad for them in those cases. Yeah. I really yeah. am. It's probably um, like they, they finally got rid of those Windows XP machines that were right. right. The yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, the CFOs over there just groaning as as the IT team is just making it rain to all the vendors. You know? <laughs> ah well, it is what it is, you know. I know, I know. But you know, hardware refreshes do need to happen. The good thing is though now, you know, it's there are processes that make it a lot easier and more streamlined with virtual machines and cloud storage and everything, but you know, um, cloud storage. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have, you, buckets. have you got any Bitcoin yourself? No, no, but I, then why does he even have a ticker in his front room? He talks about Bitcoin as if he's an expert and then it's like, do you have any Bitcoin? No, no, no. 
This is why I don't like talking to Eric Crone. This is why I apologize every week for bringing you Eric Crone. But, you know, I need someone to pay for the platform and to sort out all the, all the streaming and these uh, 80s era graphics. So uh, until next time, stay secure, my friends.